This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final hour of power here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, taking up the 10-15 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Washington Capitals hockey. They're out on the West Coast taking on the L.A. Kings tonight. Uh, coverage starts right here on the fan at 10-15. Puck drop uh, is at 10-30. Right now, though, I want to continue the conversation, revisit the conversation, rather, of quarterback when it comes to the Washington Commanders. Now, we've had a couple of different scenarios laid out for you here in the duration of this program. I let you hear the audio earlier in the show where Ron Rivera, for the first time all offseason, alluded to the possibility of Sam Howell not winning the job. We'll let you hear that. And off of that, I said, well, what veteran option at the quarterback position should Washington bring in if that's the case? If Ron wants to bring in somebody who could potentially start and win games for you if Howell's not the guy. We listed Jacoby Brissett. We talked about Gardner Minshew. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Plenty of intriguing options out there for Washington. The name I don't want people to forget about, and I'll keep hammering this, is Shane Buchel, second-year quarterback out of Southern Methodist University. He was on the Chiefs roster for the past two seasons. He knows the Eric Bieniemy scheme. It makes sense for them to bring him in even if it's just the third guy in the room, right? The other option we brought up uh, was in reference to the bombshell report that came out from Matthew Barry uh, in his 23 items or 23 rumors that he heard at the Combine. Uh, Basically, he once again threw gasoline on the fire that is Lamar Jackson, the D.C. We've heard Mike Florio ponder about the possibility. Uh, I read you all the quote from Matthew Barry earlier. So that situation for Washington, to me, despite what Ron says, is on the table. Now, that only leaves one other option for Washington at the quarterback position. Take a listen. I want to start there because, Coach, you've said that Sam Howell has the opportunity right. to compete for the starting job, and, and you've been uh, very upfront about that. But where is the interest level in potentially trading up to get one of these guys that we're right. going to see out here tomorrow throwing? Well, for the most part, you know, we have some interest. But the, the biggest thing, more than anything else, we've got a lot of interest in Sam Howell. Head coach Ron Rivera talking to Laura Rutledge and the folks on NFL Live last week about the possibility of Washington trading up for one of the young signal callers in the 2023 draft. We're talking about an Anthony Richardson, a C.J. Stroud, a Bryce Young, a Will Levis, Hendon Hooker. Pick your poison. Ron Rivera straight up asked, would you guys consider moving up for a signal caller? And the answer I expected when I first heard the question was, no, Laura, I don't think that's something we're interested in right now. Uh, we really like what we have in Sam Howell, and we're interested in bringing in a veteran to help compete with him. No, no, no. Ron Rivera said, to hell with that. Hold my beer. Let me really tell you how I feel. Ron straight up telling folks that, hey, look, everything is on the table right now. When it comes to the quarterback position, including drafting a guy. Now, if you're following me here, this has been a stark change in tone from Ron Rivera from the beginning of the offseason, talking about Sam Howe, to now. You know what the big common denominator is in all of this? What's changed about this situation? It's the fact that Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator. And I wonder, I wonder if old EB has been in the ear of Ron Rivera. I wonder if Eric Bieniemy is like, man, you sure we got to go with Sam Howe? You sure this is the guy we want to go with? I know EB is probably confident in Sam, but one of the earlier callers 
And today's show said it beautifully. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, wouldn't I want somebody that I'm for sure is going to go out and lead us to the promised land? Because guess what? My reputation at this point is now being hitched to Sam Howe. Because we all know the ultimate goal of Eric Bieniemy, and that is to become a head coach of the National Football League. So when we take all of those details into consideration, you know what? I'm going to be straight up. I'm calling poppycock. Google it if you don't know what poppycock means. I'm calling BS on Ron Rivera saying that Sam Howell is their number one option going in. He just so happens to be the only quarterback under contract. If you think that Ron Rivera, in year four of a five-year deal, with no job security, is going to go with Sam Howell, you're crazy. Especially coming off a year in which they told everybody last offseason that they needed a quarterback. Hell, they even called the Kansas City Chiefs about Pat Mahomes. Ron and company have been very transparent and open and honest in the past about their plans at quarterback. And guess what? It burned their ass last year. So much so, they ran their mouth so damn much that Chris Ballard and the Colts said, ha-ha, I spot a sucker. Let me go swindle them for draft picks and make them pay all of Carson Wentz's salary. That's what happened a season ago. They went out and traded capital for a guy who was going to get cut. You don't think that's embarrassing for Ron Rivera and company? You don't think they feel some type of way about that? And the crazy part about it and why they feel so bad is he wasn't even the answer at the position. So you got finessed and you were wrong. So I think the mindset surrounding the quarterback this offseason for Ron and company is much, much different. They're playing it very coy right now. Not trying to tip their hand too much. Not ruling out any options. Because guess what? Everything should be on the table right now. And I 100% agree with their thought process. And personally, as a fan, let me take my media cap off right now. As a fan, I'm okay with all of the options that have been laid out. That includes Sam Howell actually being the guy. That includes going out and taking a big swing at an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson. Or the last scenario that we just heard Laura Rutledge ask about, and that's the idea of going up and trading for a young signal caller. And based on that audio, Ron sounds pretty interested in the idea. The question that I now have is how much sense does it make for Ron Rivera and company to move up for a young signal caller? Can you trade up? for a quarterback, and insulate the rest of the roster around him, knowing the capital that it's going to take to move up from 16? Let's just use a hypothetical here. Let's say let's say the Washington Commanders are in on a guy like an Anthony Richardson, somebody who I think makes a ton of sense here for a couple of reasons. One, Anthony Richardson, his draft profile, his comparison right now is Cam Newton and Josh Allen. We all know Ron Rivera. Slam dunk pick, easy pick, drafted Cam Newton. So there's familiarity with that style of quarterback. The other reason, the other reason I think Anthony Richardson makes a ton of sense is because of Eric Bieniemy, and here's why. Sam Howell is still on the roster. You can still bring in another veteran. And you can have Anthony Richardson sit back and put him on the Patrick Mahomes diet to where he doesn't play in his first year. And he gets to sit behind a veteran and Sam Howe. And then, at season's end, you assess the situation and you see if he's ready. The idea of Anthony Richardson here really, really intrigues me. I want to let you hear more from Ron Rivera on NFL Live uh, when we come back. But think about this for a second. You heard that audio from Ron Rivera talking to Laura Rutledge. He has not ruled out the idea of going up and trading for a quarterback in next month's draft. Do you like the idea? Do you not like the idea? And if they do trade up for a young signal caller, who would you want it to be? We'll hear more from Ron Rivera on the commander's quarterback situation next. This is the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You've said that Sam Howell has the opportunity right. to compete for the starting job, and, and you've been uh, very upfront about that. But where is the interest level in potentially trading up to get one of these guys that we're right. going to see out here tomorrow throwing? Well, for the most part, you know, we have some interest. But the, the biggest thing, more so than anything else, we've got a lot of interest in Sam Howell. Set coach Ron Rivera talking to Laura Rutledge of NFL Live last week uh, about whether or not they were interested in any of the young signal callers coming out next month's draft. And if you heard Ron Rivera the same way I just heard him, it sounds like drafting a rookie, definitely a possibility for the Burgundy and Gold heading into 2023. Youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10-15 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Washington Capitals hockey. Uh, the boys in red on the road tonight taking on the L.A. Kings. Face-off set for 10-30 out in Anaheim. Uh, and our pregame coverage, excuse me, gets started right here at 10-15 on the fan following myself. Now, reacting to that Ron Rivera bite, it got me thinking, well, damn. Is it really a possibility for them to trade up for a young cat? Does it make sense for them to trade up for a young signal caller? Can you insulate the rest of the roster around this said QB if you give up capital to move up to get him? And it's going to cost a pretty penny, talking about uh, Washington moving up and getting a quarterback. It would be something that would be pretty expensive, I can imagine, Right? Washington currently is at pick number 16. If the commanders are going to trade up and get the signal caller of their liking, most likely, most likely you're going to have to trade all the way up into the top six, top seven. The Bears currently at one. They won't be there. The Texans probably end up at one. The Colts are going to be in that top five. The Cardinals won't be. The Seahawks, now that they ink Geno Smith to a deal, I'm not sure if they're going to go after a quarterback. We think the Raiders are going to be in on a quarterback. We know the Panthers will be in on a quarterback. So Washington's going to have to move up at least eight spots, at least eight spots to get the signal caller uh, of their liking. It gets me thinking, though, what potential rookie options make sense here in D.C.? I said it in the last segment before we went to break. Anthony Richardson, the kid who lit up Mobile, excuse me, the kid who lit up Indianapolis this past weekend at the Combine, makes a hell of a lot of sense as a possible option here in D.C., and here's why. Who's the guy that Anthony Richardson is constantly being compared to? Cam Newton. Josh Allen. More, more, more specifically, though, Cam Newton. We all know Ron Rivera and company drafted Cam Newton. And the rest was history. Record-setting rookie year. Gets him to a Super Bowl. Becomes a league MVP. It was great. You don't think Ron Rivera is trying to relive that magic? Trying to reinvent that magic? Here's the other reason why I think Anthony Richardson makes a whole lot of sense. Because of who your offensive coordinator is, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy has been one of the architects of the most explosive offensive football for the past five seasons. 
talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you think about the Chiefs and the last time that they drafted a quarterback, it was in the top 10. They traded up, and it was Patrick Mahomes. Now, the Chiefs, though, sat Patrick Mahomes for the entirety of his rookie year. He started the season finale in his rookie year, and he never looked back. If Washington really is in love with Anthony Richardson, Eric Bieniemy is well-versed in how to develop a young quarterback in year one. Put him on the Patrick Mahomes plan. Get him on PM15 is what I'll call it. PM15, the Patrick Mahomes rookie quarterback plan. If Washington is genuinely interested, you got to put him on the, 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 the PM15 program. That's if Anthony Richardson is the guy. Head coach Ron Rivera also spoke about what it would take in order for the team to actually pull the trigger on a deal to move up. Coach, you have a roster that seems ready to compete in so many other places on this team. Obviously, the quarterback being a position you haven't had stability. What is it going to take for one of these guys that you said you still will evaluate to kind of jump off of the board to you and maybe make you think about moving up or taking a quarterback this year? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, there's some of these guys have some really good tape. Some guys have really caught our eye. But the big thing is, as they go through this process, do they stand out? Do they separate themselves? And do they show themselves worthy of us trading some of the capital that we have? have to come up and get them. We've got to feel that comfortable if we're going to do something like that. And as I said, you know, again, evaluating what we have with Sam, we do feel pretty good about it. We just would you be comfortable real quick? Would you be comfortable with two young players, though? Like, we, uh, I would be comfortable prefer- as long as we had a veteran guy around him. You know, last year we carried three quarterbacks. Yeah. We could do it again. So you would want a vet in the room? Most certainly. I got you. Yes. Head coach Ron Rivera in even more detail laying out the possible plan at the quarterback position. Dan Orlovsky with a brilliant question there at the end. Because in this scenario, which according to Ron Rivera is very much on the table, in the scenario that Washington trades up for a young signal caller, that leaves the quarterback room pretty youthful, right? Sam Howell, the only guy under contract. He's coming out of his rookie year. And then obviously the guy you trade up for will have no experience. But Ron Rivera, though, has the answer, Sway. All they got to do is add a veteran quarterback to that room, and they'd have three quarterbacks on the roster. The same formula they went with last year. Three quarterbacks on the roster. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, I am, ladies and gentlemen. I do personally feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. And we've let you hear a couple of different audio clips here within the last few days while I've been on here. And I appreciate you all tapping in with me. The one consensus, the one grand takeaway after hearing Ron Rivera's media availability at the scouting combine in Indianapolis is that nothing, nothing is set in stone at the quarterback position. All possibilities are on the table at the quarterback position because Eric Bieniemy's is now in the fold. And I think that may be the part that maybe we're underestimating just a wee bit is how much impact Eric Bieniemy, in his judgment, his say-so, is going to have on how Washington moves at the quarterback position. I've said it once. I'll say it again. If you're Eric Bieniemy, you took this job, realistically speaking, whether they want to say it on the record or not, you took this job as a stepping stone to become a head coach in this league. Point blank, period. There was no other real reason for you to leave Kansas City and come to Washington of all places. You wanted to use this as a stepping stone to be a head coach. Now, in order for you to put yourself in the best position to do that, you've got to be comfortable with the guy that you have under center at quarterback, which is why, to me, being that Eric Bieniemy just got here, I think everything is on the table at quarterback for Washington. There are a couple of different options. Sam Howell being the guy a veteran that's not on the roster right now, like a Brissette or someone being the guy because EB's comfortable with them? Or they take the big swing for a guy like Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? And then the final option is what Ron Rivera just laid out for us, the idea that during this process, within the next month, that maybe they fall in love with the prospect and they feel like, you know what? 
We've got the capital. Let's go up and get this guy. And Ron Rivera's been on the record saying it before uh, last offseason when they missed out on Stafford. It doesn't matter how much it costs to go up and get the guy if it works out. The only reason people are complaining about the three first-round picks that it cost the Niners to move up for Trey Lance is because it hasn't worked out to this point. The only reason folks have their panties in a wad about the Russell Wilson deal to Seattle is because it didn't work out. At the quarterback position, there is no value. It's invaluable. You can't put too much into it. If it works, it works. I don't care if you got to give up four first-round picks. If the kid ends up being your signal caller and franchise guy for the next decade plus, then it was all fine and dandy. It's no big deal. Based off of everything we've heard, man, I'm calling poppycock on what Ron Rivera's got to say. I do think they buy into Sam Howell. I do think they like Sam Howell. But I very much also believe that they are vetting every other option that they possibly have. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll switch gears here a little bit. The Washington Wizards had a tough weekend, uh, suffering losses against the Raptors and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Excuse me, not the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, Wayne Cole is set to join us. He was out in Las Vegas this past weekend with the G League and has got the latest on Wizards first-round pick Johnny Davis. You don't want to miss any of my conversation with Wayne Cole. All that more coming up next here on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. About 45 minutes left to go here tonight on this Monday night edition of Overtime. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with until 10-15 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Washington Capitals. Hockey, the fellas out in L.A. tonight taking on the Kings. Face-off set for 10-30 Eastern time. Pre-game coverage is going right here on the fan starting at 10-15. Speaking of the Caps, their roommate over at Capital One Arena, the Washington Wizards, they were in action over the weekend. They suffered another loss yesterday at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline to talk further about the Wizards is my man, Wayne Cole. He covers the Wizards, the Mystics, and the Capital City Go-Go for the United States Press. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. At Wayne Cole in the O is a zero. What's going on, Wayne? How you doing, buddy? Um, beautiful tonight, Lionel. Thank you for having me. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I know you, you just got back here locally, you were out in Vegas with the Capital City Go-Go over the weekend uh, as they played out there, and you got the opportunity to talk to Wizards first-round pick Johnny Davis Jr. Now, Wayne, you understand a lot of frustration within this fan base about Johnny Davis not being a contributor to the Washington Wizards in his rookie season. Uh, What were you able to learn in your conversation with Johnny, and how do you think his development is coming along? I learned that, one, he's a dog. Two is (laughs) he's human. And three is everything takes time. Now, it's ironic that Johnny is just a new father. And as me and you were born, we had to walk. We had to crawl before we could walk. We had to walk before we could run. And I think this G League opportunity has let kind of Johnny crawl for a little bit, Mm -hmm. get his footing. And now he's starting to walk, being more confident. And out there in Vegas, he's beginning to run. So as I break that down for you, I know fans were upset and frustrated that he didn't get plugged in as the 10th pick, but history tells me um, this go-go team is A1 at development, 
and Johnny will be proof of that. You have Quentin Jackson, your Jordan Goodwins, Chris Dunn, and I'll get to them later. But I saw Johnny go from like a shy kid that's sitting at the lunch table to the guy on the intercom saying, I'm first in line now. <laughs> um, he was saying that, you know, being a first, being a, a lottery pick, mm-hmm. top 10, just being a father, it was a lot for him to handle. That, and he's still a kid, you, you could say, just turned 21. Yeah. That's a lot on your plate. And I think for anybody to get thrown with that, that's hard to manage. Um, but the thing I love about Johnny is that he didn't look at the G League as a demotion. And let's remember, this is pro ball, just one notch below the greatest league in the league in the world, which is the NBA. And he went in with it with an open mind. Um, And you could just see it gradually. I'm seeing each game. And the beauty of being the go-go beat writer, I'm the only one there. So I can, I I see, I have to see it all, you know, the good and the bad. But the one thing I really loved about Johnny was the intangibles. Right, like some people might say, "Oh, it's the G League." No, he didn't. He didn't do that. Just as Chris Dunn suited up, balled out, fifteen, six and six, and now he's with the Utah Jazz. Right. So when you have an opportunity in life, you have to really run with it, and it's not what you do; it's how you do it. And as I was in Vegas, uh, we know Scoot Henderson is going number two, mm-hmm. and Johnny pretty much locked him up. So that's a top two pick. We're talking about probably after Victor Wembanyama. So. The tape, what I saw on Johnny, was always a lead on defense. We were just waiting for that confidence shooting piece. Mm-hmm. Now that he has that, I, I truly think the sky's the limit. As I'm, you know, watching the game now, uh, go go trail thirty thirty five. But the confidence piece for Johnny is finally clicking. And as Amber Nichols told me, and I quote, "It's going to be scary." Yeah, you got to talk to Amber Nichols, the GM of the Capital City Go Go. What was her thought process? about Johnny Davis, and did she expect the go-go to have him, being that he was a top-ten pick? You know what she did? At media day, um, when we talked, you know, Johnny had a a slow uh, preseason and, what's that, um, a training camp, summer Mm -hmm. league because of injury. Mm -hmm. So you want to ease a guy back in, and she said, you know, Wayne, we have all the tools, and we will walk him with open arms if the Wizards send him down to us. she says, you know, Johnny has flashed why he is a top 10 pick, but we're going to develop and hone and craft his gifts to really put that on display. So it was always a, a patient approach because if a guy is going through injury, you just can't just throw him out there. You right. know, you're going to just gradually work him in. And what she, again, what she really loved about Johnny is he accepted this, you know, opportunity where you have a guy that's like, hey, I want to play with the go-go. I love it down here rather than sitting at Capital One, right. you know, logging DMPs. That should show, you know, fans right there, like, he wanted he wanted to play. He wanted to get his reps. And, again, last year, Jordan Goodwin, me and him were at the games <laughs> by ourselves in that media room, and he would just say, I want it. You know, the go-go are going to get me right. Um, I want to get to the NBA level, but it's this system that's going to help me flourish. Right. And you see him now, so – um, you know, he had great things to say about Johnny. So it's just a, it's just a patient approach, but it's a state of course approach. Yeah. But if you, if you've been watching and following along with me, you've been seeing, he's putting together some great games that can show and justify why he's flashing that lottery pick, uh, lottery pick potential. Wayne, when you look at Johnny and the type of impact that he's going to be able to make on the next level, I know you've mentioned defense. Do you think that's going to be his calling card early on if, you know, a scenario presents itself where he gets called up, his calling card will be on the defensive end right away? I believe so, and I have to go straight to the source. So I have an interview with him uh, that pretty, went pretty viral. Okay. And I said, John, you know, what is it about your game in particular? He says, well, I can't control if the ball goes in. I cannot control what the refs call, but I can control my defense. Yeah. My father taught me that, and we know his father played in the league. So he has that lineage right there that lets me know he knows what it's like. Uh, he can go straight to the source to his father. But it will be his calling card, I believe, because uh, – and you know with today's NBA is, is scoring, scoring, scoring. Mm-hmm. But I talk to guys in the G, and they say, defense will get me up there. You know, right. like, can I stop the guy? Right. Can I change directions? And if, again, I, you got me motivated to pull up some tape, but he's changing directions – yeah. On def- making defenders change directions. He, I was sitting close enough at Vegas, right, um, courtside. And that, it really gave me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And you just hear guys 
after Johnny lock, well, defense locking him up. <sighs> like, come on, man. So it's like, on, yeah. I'm seeing, like, okay, he got guys frustrated. So that's really going to be his calling card. And when we know the score what, piece is going to be there. Yeah. And when, I, why, I really think he can be a two way player. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, man, because I know you've gotten the opportunity to get up close and personal with him in the past couple of months. I want to go back and reference something you said at the beginning of this interview, because I think the casual fan might not get it, right? You mm-hmm. understand this. When these prospects are going through that draft process, working out for a bunch of different teams, flying across the country, this is after you're playing a full season of college basketball. Johnny gets hurt, and then he's having to deal with, with, with the birth of a child. From When you got to talk to him about this, where is he at mentally, and, and how much does he feel – He's grown not only as a basketball player, but as a man during this process. Because I'm sure uh, this is probably some of the most, you know, trials and tribulations he's went through in his life. Right. And I'm glad you said that. I I always try to strive to be that uh, reporter that always highlighted the human side. Right. And for Johnny, it was a lot, right? So he got to work out individual with the Wizards. But he's on the plane working out, plane working out, plane working out. You know, that I I just traveled from Vegas and – (laughs) <laughs> crossing time zones and flying it's crazy, yeah. a lot out of you. I mean, the, the the NBA fan doesn't really know it. So, I, again, I try to be that bridge to be the speaker for not just the player but the fan and, and bridge that gap so they know all of what it encompasses. But it is a lot. And, ironically, the Wizards have one of the hardest pre-draft workouts. Yeah. Guys throw up. Guys are like, man, I, I'm really, I need to get my conditioning up because – they work on it. It's a gauntlet. It really is a gauntlet. So Johnny um, kind of showed me a lot of, uh, again, his character, the perseverance that although, again, new father, um, the the schedule he was on, he he, he completed it. Uh, but it, it is a challenging process. And, you know, and people can say, well, these guys had up for it. True. I'll give you that. Right. But you can't really know it until you live it right right so if i say i can tell you all this because i'm i'm coming from baltimore to dc every day to cover these guys right so that's a grind in it for myself right and i see these guys getting up shots late you know johnny just did a grueling workout then he gets to play with his his door and he was so happy to talk to me about it's it's not a it's not a sprint it's a marathon as trevion williams said you know being an nba player a professional player is one of the loneliest things in the world and i think if fans knew like hey instead of the trolling and putting your guy down uplift him yeah. i've had people dm me and say you know wayne thank you for that perspective i was trolling him but i'll stop or people from wisconsin that say you look no johnny is our guy and thank you for being that narrative for him because yeah. you're pretty much the only one that gets this type of access in the world to him and you're letting people see that other side. So I'm not worried about Johnny Davis at all because history tells me undrafted free uh, free agent Jordan Goodwin from a standard uh, two-way to an NBA contract. Chris Dunn, who was derailed by injuries. And, um, you know, and the Capital City Go-Go built him up. That training staff there is probably A1. And I'm not just saying that because I cover them, but they're really A1. They reconstructed his shot. Um, we talked a lot about Chris Dunn's torque. Another guy, Quentin Jackson, is just a dog, right? Like, these, these guys are going to put on at the next level, and it's because of the development and the core system that is in place with the go So I am not worried at all. And I hate to ramble on, but I want to kind of throw it in another way to even uh, top three pick Shakira Austin, who was drafted to the Mystics, had just finished finals and. I just finished, you know, NCAA run, and she's like, yeah, Wayne, I have media with you, and I got to go do a test, and I got practice. So it is really hard to be a pro athlete. Yeah, the grind is And I just hope our fans can see that and kind of just pour and rally around our guys because, as Monte Morris told me, we have to have a chip on our shoulder. You know, people like to kind of joke the Wizards, but Mm -hmm. he told me I need to have a chip on my shoulder. And as the lone reporter for the Go-Go, not just a beat reporter, but, now, I'm kind of a protector in a way, too, because I, I know these guys personally. I know their stories, I know their mothers, their, their children, their fathers. And I have a duty, you know, to put them in the best light I can and amplify them. And sure, we can critique them, but I'm not, you know, hot take or disrespectful because right. I see these guys as humans. 
But um, rally around these guys. You know, Go-Go fans are some of the most passionate people on this earth, and I really appreciate how they welcome into their family. But support can move mountains. And when you mount, when you motivate and support your guys, as you all, you line know, and people in D.C., uh, Baltimore guy, they say DMV, um, if, if we can get this thing together, it, it would be hard to stop, man. Yeah, definitely would. We were talking about this last night, man. This is a basketball area that is starving. Talking about the fan base for a winner. This is some of the best high school basketball in the country. So to see it translate to success on the pro level would definitely be huge. I want to ask you a little bit more about the development uh, process that goes on with the go-go. Because sure, when you sure. look at the current construction, the current construction of the big league roster with Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, three guys that are going to be some of the highest paid uh, at their position in basketball. You know this, Wayne. The way the good mm-hmm. teams win, when you have guys playing on max deals like that, you have to offset that with some cheaper talent. And guys like a Quentin Jackson, uh, a Jordan Goodwin, a Johnny Davis are going to be the key to this Wizards rotation moving forward if they want to keep this big three together. That is correct. So, again, uh, it's funny. Uh, Amber said that the go-go are now becoming a hub for the league because yeah. they developed so well. <laughs> Um, there's guys around the league that tell me personally, like, man, we co at the go-go because we feel like you have a stacked NBA roster. Yeah. Like there are guys. Now the, the go-go are, are even better than their record. They just let a couple slip and, and that's okay. They're still a young team, but when they play as coach, Mike Williams says five man ball, they're, un- they're, they're unbeatable. Yeah. But with the go-go and here's the other caveat, right? These, some of these guys are still undrafted free agents, so they're not just auditioning for the Wizards. Right. They could be auditioning for the Pistons, the Rockets, the Jazz, right? So you're just not auditioning for your team you're playing for because somebody, unless you are a two-way or an assignment a la your, uh, Isaiah Todd and your, um, your Johnny Davises, they can't grab you. But you, as you see that, they, the Jazz picked up Chris Dunn. Last year they picked up Greg Monroe from the Go-Go. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's becoming a feeder system for the rest of the NBA. It, it, it and really I think is. That so that's speaks to the I'm, job Amber's doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She is. I just did an article on her. She's truly the gold standard of a GM. She's, as you say, she's up next, as we say. Right. Uh, the development piece is so huge that that's how you. It's almost like a blessing to her. It's like oh, I don't want him to go, but man, I want you to spread your wings with another franchise. And, and, and so, you know, he's going to come back a, a better prospect. After yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, and and not only that, but even for a guy to get because you you kind of get to know these guys not just on that athlete but a personal level, like a Chris Dunn, right? The the Wayne Cole in me was like, oh man, he's going to the Jazz. I'm missing because the, the talks we had. But the reporter Wayne Cole is so happy for him in Utah, almost putting up triple double. So it's 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 just a beautiful caveat. Like I said, when you work with a minor league team, you really get to know these guys on a level that I don't even think you can get at the NBA level. Right. So um, it's just so, so intricate. And, again, like uh, Isaiah Todd, for example, um, he forgo- he went, he didn't go to college. He went to the G League Ignite. And mm-hmm. he was able to kind of work his game. That's a that's a, a, a unbelievable system down there. But if I, t- I also told Wizards fans, he's still like his college is with the go-go. So it's not really a rush because he's giving me – his college is in a professional setting. Right, which, which, is, which is better, even amplified, you know, more, more than, you a, more go than, than a lot of guy guys don't really get that. Exactly. So he's in a, in a kind of a blessed situation. He, he's around good vets. He's still a young cat that still, um, I love what he said. He says he's going to be with his feet at, not worried about the past, not right. worried about the future. He wants to be where his feet are. And he, he put up eight threes last night against the Ignite. So Amber Nichols was telling me, I just want him to be more consistent. But, man, when Isaiah flashes, (laughs) he flashes. I mean, I've seen him almost jump from the free throw line. So he has – he's so raw that if he can just continue to hone and stay locked in, you're looking at a guy that heard it here. Like, it could be scary. So Yeah, he's another one of those guys in that system, Wayne, that I know a lot of Wizards fans are eager to see – uh, when he could potentially help them at the next level. I think you brought up a great point about Todd being that, you know, these are his college years that he were basically playing in the G League against professionals. So uh, Wizards fans uh, brought Wayne on to 
Hope everybody exudes some patience, man, because d- despite what some folks may say, man, the, the, the Wizards' go-go roster and the go-go development system uh, has turned into one of the best in the league. Wayne, I want to ask you about the big league swap before I let you out of here, my man. Um, For sure. I, I talked to Wes Unsell Jr. and Brad yesterday about the culture that they're trying to establish now that Wes is wrapping up his second year uh, as, as the head man here. From your vantage point, somebody who's at every game, how have you seen – West tried to implement this culture, and what do you think are some of the differences between last year's squad and this year's squad? Because, you know, it was well documented that, you know, the guys just didn't simply get along with each other last year. Mm-hmm. A beautiful question. I think the culture is brotherhood, right? And I think people say, oh, you know, la, 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 but I, I've seen it, right? So it's really a welcoming environment where it's a family, right? You, these blood is sticking in water. So as Monte Morris and your Kyle Kuzma and mm-hmm. even to your um, your 15th guy, Anthony Gill, is playing for the next man, having having a good time. It's funny. I just did a little funny thing about Kyle Kuzma, the fans calling me Lil Kuz, and Monte Morris, you know, engaged with it in, in the lap. It's, it's just such a welcoming environment. Last year, it really wasn't. You know, it was documented. Like, you know, some guys had different agendas or, or playing for the team, it was it was I instead of we or me instead of us. But this year, that's why you see the play that even during that ten game losing streak, mm-hmm. it wasn't negativity or nobody down the like. And when you know that was an easy time for them to throw in the towel and fold. Yeah, you could have saw that's what you could have saw a team players say, uh, you know, throw guys under the bus. Mm-hmm. But no, because the team is so that tight, and I think. With being so close, I see that like they play for each other. I mean, Todd Gibson told us this team brought his joy back in basketball. And, and for Todd a vet, Gibson, to say that, yeah. for a vet, right? So, and you he's not blowing smoke like he genuinely believes that. So, that's the thing I really kind of convey in those press conferences is, you know, yeah, we can talk about stats and three for ten or nine for nine or how many steals, but that other little intricate piece that I try to weave in with, you know, how the guy's doing or, like, you know, what's team camaraderie. Um, and, you know, West kind of got hired late, so he had to implement. So it's kind of like it's a year and a half. He had a finally a full, right. uh, you know, off season to prepare. And it's it's hard being a coach. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it is so hard to be a coach, a player, a trainer. Like, it is such a grind. So I try to give these flowers to them as much as I can. Because even as a beat reporter, it's just a grind. But yeah. if you love something, the fans see it, right? So the fans have really not, again, just as you yesterday, I, I just appreciate uh, the support that the D.C. family, DMV, especially me being a Baltimore guy, um, has shown me. But I, I, that's the, the culture you're, you're seeing being built in Washington with his basketball. I think it's brotherhood, playing for the next guy, and – I see it all the time. So that's the thing I've been really proud of is that some nights, even, okay, Anthony Gill had 18 points, and the team, they posted a video on Twitter, and they were so happy for him. Or Denny and um, KP's relationship. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not fake. Like, that is a real, genuine brotherhood. And and KP hadn't even been there that long. So so the ability to be able to form relationships like that so quickly – uh, mm-hmm. It's huge. I got one more before I let you out of here, man. It's kind of on the same tilt here. I was speaking to Wayne Cole right now who covers the Wizards, Mystics, and Go-Go for the United States Press. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Wayne Cole, one of the best in the biz. Wayne, Wes, we kind of hinted at this last night as well. I think it's really impressive, and it speaks to the camaraderie and, and the guys liking each other. The fact that we haven't heard anybody be disgruntled, any negative stories come out, about Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis. When you got three guys of their caliber, you sometimes worry about the shot distribution and if people are going to be okay in their roles. Speak to Wes Unsell Jr. and the impact that he's had on clearly defining roles for guys and getting them to buy in. You, you want to know, before I give you that caveat, I mean, I think straight to, from the source, Kuz said the way this big three is set up that KP, Kuz, and Bill, none of them overlap either each other, right? They're all in different positions. They do different things. But you got some big threes in the league with 
got two guys that do the same thing, maybe ball dominant, one can rebound. You got two shot creators and one on-ball guy or off-ball guy. So this kind of system is what's your strength, and let's kind of extenuate that within the offense. Right. Um, when no one can, you know, step on each other's toes. Hey, so when I, that's, I'm about to say, man, I, I appreciate you giving us some time, my man. Always uh, appreciate your work. And make sure you give Wayne Cole a follow on Twitter at Wayne Cole for the latest on the Capitals. So if you go, go, the Washington Wizards and the Washington Misses. Appreciate you, Wayne. Appreciate you, Lana. That is Wayne Cole. Always good chopping it up with him. And he really has one of the more special, intricate jobs in this area when it comes to uh, media coverage. As he mentioned, there is not a lot of press coverage for the Capital City Go-Go. And the fact that Johnny Davis is down on that roster and Wayne is getting the opportunity to really speak to the fan base through Johnny, I think it's a, it's a hell of a thing, man. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back one final segment here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. Caps Hockey coming up. One final segment here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. Youngest in charge, with Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10-15 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Washington Capitals. Hockey, the fellas on the road tonight, West Coast roadie uh, in L.A. taking on the Kings. Face-off set for 10-30 uh, with that one. Our pregame coverage gets going right here on the fan uh, at 10-15. The Caps roommate at Capital One Arena, the Washington Wizards. We just talked about them in great detail in the last segment with our man Wayne Cole, uh, who covers the Wizards, Mystics, uh, and Go-Go for the United States Press. If you missed any of that conversation, please, please make sure you download the Odyssey Rewind feature. Really good insight and nuggets on Johnny Davis Jr., the Wizards' first-round pick, and, and an inside look as to how things are run at the G League level. And I said this on the phone with Wayne. If the Wizards are serious about keeping this big three together of Kyle Kuzma, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma, the key to winning with your salary like that is having cheap talent. What does that mean? Hitting on your draft picks. A Corey Kispert, a Denny Avdia, a Johnny Davis. But it really raises the importance of your development in the G League because those are all guys that belong to you. A Quentin Jackson you hope is somebody that can develop into a member of your rotation. A Jordan Goodwin is somebody that you hope can develop into a member of your rotation. We mentioned Isaiah Todd, the Wizards' second-round pick from a few years back. Wayne with really good insight on him. He didn't go to college. So he's developing as a pro. So I think the big message and takeaway that I have from all of this, when, when talking about the Washington Wizards, and I wrote a piece actually on this, uh, earlier today for 1067thefan.com and the team980.com. Uh, you can find it on my Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The big thing when talking about the Washington Wizards right now, and I know I've been one of the biggest critics of everything they got going on over there, but I think big picture, looking at it with a bird's eye view, I think the foundation an identity of who they want to be has been set. It's all about finding pieces to fill out your roster to make sure you're able to compete moving forward. Because if you look at all the metrics and all the analytics, the three-man lineup or the four-man lineup of Wall, excuse me, of Morris, Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis is top 10. So the starting lineup is fine. They've just got to continue to fill out the rest of that roster, and that all comes with hitting on your draft picks. And I think that's why folks were so frustrated that Washington this past year picks 10 overall, and the guy that they chose in Johnny Davis isn't able to contribute yet. But you continue to hear positive things about Johnny uh, as the G League season begins to wind down. Uh, I, I know this information came out before, but I, I do think an undervalued part of this uh, is Johnny and his transition to the NBA, but also his transition into becoming the man, right? Having a kid, dealing with an injury, going through the rigorous, gruesome NBA pre-draft process, 
Like there was so many different obstacles and so much adversity that this young man had to overcome that it makes sense a little bit as to why he's not able to contribute right now. But the thing that I love is what Wayne alluded to. A lot of first-round picks, lottery picks at that, would take being sent down to the G League, and it would crush them. Some guys, that breaks you, breaks your spirit. It makes you think, damn, am I not good enough to play on this level? They drafted me 10 overall. So it would have been easy for Johnny to pack it in and be sad and feel bad for himself about being in the G League, but from everything we've heard from guys like Wayne and Chase Hughes and Josh Robbins, everything you've heard about Johnny Davis is he has handled being in the G League perfectly. The ideal situation, he's handled it like a pro. And I think down the line, these deposits that Johnny Davis is putting into the G League right now is going to pay dividends when he's eventually able to contribute uh, over on the main roster. Wayne mentioned this past weekend having to guard Scoot Henderson, who many feel is going to be the number two overall pick in this year's draft. People are looking at this young man like a generational talent, and Johnny Davis holds him to four of 19 from the field. So the kids got it on the defensive end. It's about rounding out his game and continuing to grow and develop, man. And that's really all we can ask for. That's going to do it, though, for this Monday night edition of Overtime. I want to give a big shout-out to all our guests, Wayne Cole. Uh, who else do we have on? Trevor Sikama, Tampa Bay Trey, uh, as well as our buddy Jason Lockenford. If you missed any of the show, make sure you download the Odyssey Rewind app. I'm back with you on Wednesday over on the Team 980 with my guy Scott Jackson, 12-3 to 3 on the Burgundy and Gold today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.